This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. You folks in Dallas needed a few cold ones. That was a rough, rough, oh, rough yeah. go. Oh, yeah. Rough go for the Cowboys. Rough weekend in Buffalo. Rough weekends all around. And some real good ones, too, because the cream of the crop rose to the top this weekend. There's no question about it. This weekend brought into focus the quarterback hierarchy, Carlin, and I know we'll get into that a little later on. But one guy that's clearly not in the top five, probably not in the top ten, Dak Prescott. You can't be. When going head-to-head against Mr. Irrelevant in his first foray into the playoffs as a rookie, you end up making more consequential mistakes and more turnovers than that dude. That is something that can't happen when you have championship aspirations and – your team has a championship coach in Mike McCarthy. We've got so much to get into regarding Dak. We've got so much to get into regarding Mike McCarthy. We've got so much to get into regarding Jerry Jones. It's all on the table. It's Canty and Carlin on this Monday following Divisional Weekend on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Chris Carlin, at Chris Canty 99 and of course, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Trust me, we will be taking Cowboys calls very early. Oh, yeah, and I want to hear from them, Carlin, because all the Cowboys fans were saying was, well, look how well we played against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Jerry Jones talking about how that team would never be the same after that wild card win, how that was a growing moment for them. Carlin, I didn't see none of that on the field yesterday in Santa Clara. None of it. This team absolutely underachieved, and really it's more the offensive side of the ball than it is anybody else. And Carlin, I even struggle to say it was the offensive side of the ball because the offensive line played well. I thought Tony Pollard, while he was in there the first two quarters, played well. I thought C.D. Lamb had a hell of a game. It really comes down to the quarterback and the other wide receivers. Yeah. There were no shows. Oh, Ezekiel Elliott, too. Ten carries for 26 yards. What the hell is that? Well, he's been toast for a while. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, you can't be toast when your no, running back is no. taking up $18 million first thing on I your thought, salary cap. That was the first thing $18 I thought. $18 million on the salary cap. First thing I thought when Tony Pollard went down. All right, Zeke, let's see it. $18 million worth. Let's go. You know what I saw? Nothing. An easy decision for the Cowboys this offseason oh, about what they need to do with Zeke. That decision. Forget about already. restructuring that contract. He's yeah. out of there. Canty, I came out of the weekend with one primary thought regarding the Cowboys. They mm. don't have a head coach. They don't have a head coach. They're a poorly coached team. They don't execute things well uh, when it comes to uh, clock management. They, frankly, are not made better by their coach. And the the overall theme with Dallas when they have been bad this year is inconsistency. Mm. You know, that's a problem. You can be great one week and not great the next That's what we saw from the Cowboys, and that just shows me that for whatever reason, your team rides the mental highs and lows of the year and responds accordingly. Everybody, everybody around the country was patting them on the back for finally getting that monkey off their back, so to speak, and beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, 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 no. That was no monkey. No. (laughs) That was a bad football team that you beat that was a team that was under 500 that you took care of roundly. And if you're a good team, that's what you're supposed to do. You get no medals for that. You go on the road, beat another good team. They weren't capable of doing it. Their defense did everything they could. Everything they could. And Canty, there's no way that the Cowboys give up 19 points to the 49ers and lose the game. That should not happen. And I put a lot of that squarely on the head coach. 
because I think his influence on the quarterback is terrible. I don't think it's good. I don't think there's anything tangible about it, especially when there's an easy answer to it sitting out there in front of you. And I don't trust him to manage situations well. That's all there is to it. And I'm really beginning to think that the the Packers Super Bowl was in spite of him. Well, here's the thing. I have a hard time defending Mike McCarthy, but I'm going to try to in this moment, Carlin, because I saw things from Dak Prescott yesterday that I shouldn't see from a quarterback that's in his seventh season and that's making $40 million a year. Like, I thought we were on the road to seeing the good version of Dak Prescott. They had the touchdown drive, and then coming off of that, they were about to have another drive. They're in plus territory. It's fourth and four, and Dak Prescott takes off and scrambles for a first down. They work the ball into the red zone, and the next thing you know, Dak Prescott is throwing an interception to Fred Warner. Yeah. That, that can't happen. You have to see that Traverius Ward is sitting right there in coverage. He ends up tipping the ball. Fred Warner picks it off, and away we go, setting up points before the half for the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are going into a halftime with the lead as opposed to going into the halftime tied. Carlin, think about the implications of that when they're starting a rookie quarterback. You want to put pressure on Brock Purdy. If the game is tighter, if you're talking about that game being tied at halftime rather than it being a three-point lead for the Niners, maybe that puts a little bit of doubt in Brock Purdy's mind. Maybe that puts a little bit of doubt in Kyle Shanahan's mind. You saw the way that he called the game. There weren't a whole lot of pass plays to be called in the first half of that game. Kyle Shanahan was very close to the vest, not taking a whole lot of risk because he understood the magnitude of it and the step-up in class that the Dallas Cowboys represented. But Dak Prescott did himself no favors and did his team no favors by applying pressure, by being able to make plays in the passing game. No, no, absolutely That's a a disappointment. Yes, but doesn't at some point an offensive-minded head coach have to bear some of that blame? Why is the growth not there for the player? Is there a is there a way are you're not getting rid of the player because you're already paying him forty plus million dollars a year? I mean, this is this very similar situation as to what we're seeing in Denver. And I'm not saying that Dak has played that poorly this year, but he hadn't played well. And I'm looking at that situation. They have handed a fortune to Russell Wilson, and now they have to hire a coach to try to fix him. Mike McCarthy isn't good enough. And that's why I don't understand definitive statements like this from Jerry Jones after the game. No, 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 no. And uh, uh, their decision to, uh, for the, our kicker was exonerated with his field goal in my mind, and I'm proud of him. Uh, but uh, this is, uh, this is very sickening. No, no, was his answer to the question right out of the gate, is Mike McCarthy on the hot seat? Did anything in the game yesterday change your mind about Mike McCarthy? And he says no. And that the losing right now then translates to the owner because if you're not willing to address what is an incredible weakness for your team and you have continued to hire, hire head coaches who are mid, they are mid at best. Yeah. This is what you find yourself in that situation. Chris, look at the, look at the teams over the years that have not had uh, great quarterbacks yep. that have won Super Bowls. Yep. Unless they had a ridiculously dominant unit like the Ravens or the Bears in the 80s, mm-hmm. they, if they didn't have a great quarterback, they always had a great coach. Yeah, I mean, you look at the 2017 Eagles, they're the ones that come to mind, right? Doug Peterson? Yep. I mean, think about what happened, Carson Wentz going down, I think it was week 13, week 14, and Nick Foles stepping in, 
And they rolled that to a, a really they rolled coach. that to a championship. Yeah. Doug Peterson is a damn good coach. We have no questions about that. But that's what you're going to be relying on if you're getting you know average to below average quarterback play. The problem that the Cowboys have is they shouldn't be in that spot with Dak Prescott. No, they just shouldn't be. Carlin, I, I mean, coming out of the half, you're thinking that they have an opportunity to to put together a drive and to get some points and and. You know, Kelvin Joseph forces the fumble on Ray-Ray McLeod. You got the ball in the red zone, Carlin. In the red zone. You only come away with three? That was inexcusable. In that, that, moment, that to me was the ball game. You only come so away with ways. three? That I mean, their me special the teams game. made the plays they needed to make. Your defense, by and large, made the plays they needed to make. Your quarterback came up small. Dak Prescott threw two picks yesterday. It could have been four, Carlin. And you know the thing that tells the tale? Look at what this San Francisco 49ers D did last week against Seattle. And look at how Geno Smith played. The Seattle Seahawks had 22 first downs and averaged 5.3 yards per play. The Dallas Cowboys yesterday with Dak Prescott, they had 15 first downs and averaged 4.7 yards per play. Well, Geno was a better quarterback than Dak this year. That doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. But but that shouldn't be the case, but it doesn't surprise me. But that's me. the thing, though, Carlin. Coming off of a performance where we saw the guy have five touchdowns in the playoffs, mm. you're thinking, okay, this guy is ready to take that next step. He's ready to elevate the play of everybody around him. And that just didn't happen. And it brings me back to why are we seeing Dak Prescott struggle this year? We can point to Mike McCarthy, but Carlin, I think another thing we have to point to is a decision that the front office made this offseason when they traded Amari Cooper away for a fifth-round draft pick. Well, listen, before Amari Cooper got to Dallas, we didn't know whether or not Dak Prescott was a good quarterback. Hell, that's why the Cowboys burned a first-round pick in trading for Amari yep. Cooper. Mm-hmm. Amari Cooper's now left, and even though you have an all-pro receiver in CeeDee Lamb, tell me what the other receivers for the Dallas Cowboys did yesterday. Who else showed up? Did, did Michael Gallup play? No. Because I couldn't tell from I the stat sheet. Like it. Did, did he play? I couldn't tell from the stat sheet. He had three targets. One of them ended up going back the other way. That was the Delore interception. Like, I... I Noah Gray, two catches? I mean, Noah Brown, excuse me. Two catches? That's what you got for me? That's it. What I'm simply saying is this. It was clear that they needed another explosive player to bail Dak out in critical situations because San Francisco was keyed in on number 88. And Dak, nor McCarthy, nor Kellen Moore had any answers on who that guy was once Tony Pollard left the game. That's a front office problem. Mm-hmm. That's the situation that you put yourself in when you pay a running back $15 million a year. And Zeke hurt you in more ways than one in that game yesterday. Well, you know what? Jerry did say at the beginning of the year, as Zeke goes, so we will go. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. It's Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Here's Prescott back, has time, throws out left, intercepted, ball got tipped up and taken by Fred Warner. For us to only put up the points that we did, that, that's unacceptable, and it starts with me, and I've got to be better. Hand off McCaffrey, touchdown! The San Francisco 49ers have earned their way back into the NFC Championship game next Sunday in Philadelphia by beating the Cowboys today 19-12. I will say this for Dak. You can't handle the post-game press conference any better than he did. He took full responsibility for it. Good for you. That aside, you now have to figure out, because you are stuck with Dak, how does he get to the level of Jalen Hurts 
and a couple of these other quarterbacks, specifically Jalen Hurts, though. Can, can we put a pin in that, though? I, yeah. I, I have to take a victory lap because a couple of weeks ago I was on Get Up, and I said Dak Prescott needs to ascend to the level of Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. Maybe we can get rid of the Josh Allen piece of it after this <laughs> Oh, you send it to that level. Yeah, yeah. But, but here's, the, here's the point. Damian Woody looked at me like I had an appendage growing out of my forehead when I said Dak needed to ascend to the level of Jalen Hurts. Uh, listen. Is, is, is it any more clear and obvious that Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the NFC? Not just the NFC East. But the best no, quarterback the NFC, in the conference. No, of course it's clear. It's very clear. And that's the biggest problem for them. Dak, I mean, Key sat there the other day and said, Dak, of course he can tear up the 49ers like Pat Mahomes did. Ha! ha! Please. <laughs> Look, well, what the Cowboys have to figure out is what they're going to do. Because the rest of that team, I was super impressed with their defense. I was super impressed with their offensive line. Nick Bosa... Not a huge factor no, in that game, no. and he's going to be defensive player of the year. Yeah, that whole defensive line—they were good. They weren't—they weren't great. No, they didn't make life miserable for Dak by any stretch. No, I thought the—I sec- thought the linebackers in the secondary for the 49ers stood out far more than the defensive line. Uh, Chris, and the I, defensive line is supposed to be the strength of that team. What was so bothersome for me is the is something you said a minute or two ago. Not it could have been four. It should have been four picks. It should have been four picks. Yeah, I mean, the one that gets tipped in the red zone, I think he was targeting Zeke. And then you're talking about the one in the fourth fourth, fourth quarter he throws behind CeeDee Lamb. And if Dre Greenlaw is looking for the ball rather than looking to light up CeeDee Lamb. It wasn't even a game at the end. That's a a pick six. Yeah. That's a house call the other way. And this is the thing for me. There wasn't unbelievable pressure where he's running for his life all day. These are mistakes that you cannot be making in year seven. Is this something that they can address easily and get him to the next level? I mean, this is something that Dak has to be thinking about this entire offseason. What do I do to get to that? Look at how Jalen's playing. I'm going to be chasing that guy for the next five, ten years, however mm-hmm. long I've got left in the league. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a problem. Yeah. And they're not going anywhere. Their window is wide open. Yeah. The Cowboys' window is still open for a couple of years right now. Is it? It is. It is. Because defensively, they're still very good. Because that offensive line, I mean, I was very impressed with Tyler Smith. Very impressed. Great job. I think they're in okay shape there. They need other playmakers. They need another wide receiver. But I can't listen to that being the reason that Dak is not playing well. There's no doubt that he misses Amari Cooper. Of course he does. But he's not getting better progressively. And it, it's kind of what you see with Josh Allen a little bit, except Dak's further along in his career, and that can't be the case. So to me, Sean Payton is the only answer at fixing this mm-hmm. because this is somebody that has incredible influence over quarterbacks. And Jerry screwed up with Ezekiel Elliott. I think you could argue as much as Jerry hated paying Dak, hated paying Dak, yeah. but he's paid him. And now he has no choice but to try to help him and fix it. Yeah, I mean, listen, Jerry's in a tough spot. And this window, while it still may be open for another year or two, it's closing quick, Carlin. It's closing quick. But you know why it's closing quick? Because you're going to have to pay a couple of guys. CeeDee Lamb is eligible for a contract extension this offseason. Mm-hmm. Trevon Diggs, same draft class, eligible for a contract extension this offseason. A couple years down the road, you're going to have to deal with Michael Parsons. What are you going to do at running back? Tony Pollard's a free agent. You're probably cutting Zeke. So you're thinking about re-signing him. That ain't going to be cheap. 
you got a lot of guys that are in line to get paid for the Dallas Cowboys, and these guys want to be paid top-of-the-market money. So how much longer can you keep the band together? And I think that helps you answer the question about how much longer can you afford to be patient with Mike McCarthy. Now, I'm with you. This offseason represents a clear and obvious opportunity to upgrade from head coaches because while the resumes may look the same, Sean Payton is a much better coach than Mike McCarthy. I, I can't. Sean Payton is a top five coach in the National Football League. There's he a, ain't in the National Football League. There's a reason that teams are knocking down the door of Sean Payton, and when Mike McCarthy got the job, teams had passed him over. Yeah. The Jets passed over Mike McCarthy. Yeah, one guy was out of football for a year because he wanted to be. The other yeah. guy was out of football for a year because he had to be. And by the way, when the guy who was out of football because he wanted to be left, how did it go for that team in his absence? They're awful. Awful. They're awful. They had, they had a winning they had a winning record with a carousel of quarterbacks his last year in New Orleans and Dennis Allen won what? 7 games this mm-hmm. year? 7 games? Not even, I mean, it's not even close. No. And that's why this is such, I mean, I hate to put it this way, such an easy fix to get rid of the coach. Mike McCarthy has to to go. He has to go. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. We are just getting started. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Hit us up. Canty and Carlin Nation on the call-in line right now. Are you getting rid of Mike McCarthy? What's wrong with Dak? Is he fixable? Are you defending Dak? It's all there for you to answer because we want some freaking answers from you people today. He's so overrated, Carlin. Well, that might be the most overrated player in the National Football League. I said it back in July, and I'm standing on that right now. It doesn't get more overrated than Dak Prescott. That's where we're at today. Cantia Carlin, ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Dak's not going anywhere. No, Carlin. In 2023, Dak Prescott has an $89 million dead cap number. $89 million. Now, he counts $49 million against the cap. But an $89 million dead cap? How, how do you move that? Can't uh, restructure that? <laughs> Eight ball says doubtful. 
Eight <laughs> ball says doubtful. Kentia Carlin, ESPN Radio, Series XM Channel 80. Without further ado. <laughs> There's no way you can move it. We'll hear from you. 888-SAY-ESPN. Peter, up first on ESPN Radio. Peter, what's going on, dude? Now, we'll have to put him on hold. Peter, uh, those guys punch you up instead. Uh, we still have an issue there. Peter, what's up, bud? You there? Yeah, I'm here. Good. What's up? Uh, just want to say that uh, I'm a life, uh, not lifelong, I'm a lifelong Cowboys fan, but a longtime Dak Prescott supporter. Um, I've been a Dak Prescott supporter since I was being made fun of for telling people that I would take Dak Prescott over Carson Wentz as my franchise quarterback. So well, that, you were that, right that about that. Yeah, so, I mean, not by yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but I, I was laughed at for a long time for saying that. So uh, I've been supporting him for a while. I can't support him much right now, but I will say that uh, he's a fourth-round draft pick being compared to first-round draft pick. Yeah, no, that, no, 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 something. no, 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 no. Save it, save it, save it, save it, save <laughs> it. He is a $40 million quarterback being compared to quarterbacks making nothing. Here's all you need to know from yesterday, and thanks for the call, Peter. Brock Purdy, who was the last man selected in the draft this year completely outplayed Dak Prescott in the second half of that game. Brock Purdy make every single throw that he had to make. Every single one. Brock Purdy was four, or excuse me, was five for six in the fourth quarter. You know what Dak was? Six for 12. Stop. Fourth round pick eight years ago. Stop yourself. Carlin, Brock Purdy on third downs, 8 of 12 for 65 yards, no turnovers in an 80 passer rating. And I believe they were 5 of 15, were they not? Yeah. Dak Prescott on third downs, 6 of 12, 53 yards, an interception and a sack, passer rating of 27. Stop. Stop. We're talking and, about Isn't that where the picks. game is won and lost for your quarterbacks, though? Situational football, third downs, red zone, two-minute. That's where you're supposed to thrive? How did Dak look in the two-minute drill before the half versus Brock Purdy? You tell me. All I know is Brock Purdy operated it to perfection while Greg Olson is sitting there questioning why Kyle Shanahan ain't taking timeouts. I'll tell you why. He's got a quarterback that he trusts. He's going to run the clock out, bleed the clock, so the Cowboys have no other shot, and Robbie Gould's field goal attempt was going to be the last play of the half. And guess what? They end up going into halftime with the lead. Yep. I I mean – you couldn't have a bigger golf when it comes to comparing and contrasting the two quarterbacks. Jason, Kentucky, up next on ESPN Radio. Jason, go ahead, bud. Jason. Yeah, um, two quick things. Yeah, do you have me? Yes, sir. Uh, two things quickly. One, um, Dak just can't. He's not that dude. I think we know that now. Um, secondly, do quarterbacks, like, as, Joe B., who quarterbacks my team, as he comes up for an extension, is he under any sort of obligation by the union or anything else to extract every single penny he can from the franchise? Or can they spread that around to get the... No, the, only, the, best, the best bet you got is signing him this offseason and using the last remaining year on his rookie contract as an opportunity to prorate some of the guaranteed money that Joe Burrow is going to get this offseason. But no, you're not going to get a discount. And no, it's really not about the players' union. It's about Joe Burrow 
being one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the National Football League. And yeah, Joe Burrow is going to get more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson. That's just what it is. Boomer Esiason asked the question yesterday, is Joe Burrow going to be the first $500 million quarterback in the NFL? It's a, it's a legitimate question, and it's he might be. And question. guess what I would say today? It wouldn't be a bad investment from no. the Cincinnati Bengals. It just wouldn't be. It'd be an amazing investment for the Cincinnati Bengals. You don't – this guy doesn't come along. He just doesn't. And you finally, finally got him. You know, it's it's been forever. Carson Palmer was never this guy. Can I say something, Carlin? Boomer was never this guy, and I love Boomer. And Boomer won an MVP. Carlin, can I say something? Eh. Can I say something? Yeah. Joe Burrow has won five playoff games in his first two and a half years as a quarterback in the NFL. Remember, he got hurt halfway through his rookie year. Mm-hmm. The Cincinnati Bengals won a total of five playoff games in the first 53 years of their existence. Jeez. <laughs> they hadn't won a playoff game in three decades before he got there. What else is there to talk about, honestly? Yeah, who cares if you're going to guarantee him over a quarter of a billion dollars? Caleb, Alabama next, ESPN Radio. Caleb, what's going on? Hey, Canty and Carlin, how y'all doing, man? What's going on, dude? Hey, um, so, listen, I think it's easy to pile on Dak today. Um, you know, he had to put the game on his shoulders, but I think a bigger storyline for me uh, watching that game, I knew it was over in the first quarter because when Pollard went down, I mean, if you've been watching the Cowboys games this year, I mean, he's their probably number two threat offensively besides, you know, CD. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that changed the whole dynamic of the game. That was the end of the second quarter. Yeah. But it still changed the dynamic of the game. The Cowboys were right there. But then after that, the 49ers defense had absolutely no um, threat uh, launch with Ezekiel Elliott. And that's because your $18 million running back doesn't have anything left and he's been toast all year. Yeah. That's it. And these are the same Cowboys fans that were calling radio shows a few years ago begging Jerry Jones to pay Ezekiel Elliott whatever he wants because as Zeke goes – they thought the Cowboys' offense goes. As Jerry said preseason. That, that ain't the NFL today, bros. No. That ain't it. Your quarterback has got to be the driver. He can't be a passenger. And the problem with the Dallas Cowboys right now is that Dak is not a force multiplier. Dak is an impediment to getting where you want to go. Why? Because he turns the ball over too much. You can't have that happen, Carlin. Your quarterback can't be throwing red zone picks in playoff games. I can't get over how bad he was. I can't get over how bad he was. And I'll tell you what, there are still, you can tell, there is still a certain level out there that are willing to defend and or tolerate him. At the well, moment. you have to, Carlin, because but, he's your guy. Think about but, it. But you have he, no choice. But can't he, what no, what are you going to do? I'm just talking about what they're saying today. They would be saying things a lot different if those two other picks were held on to. That, that's all there is to it. They'd be singing a whole nother tune. Dante in Kentucky next on ESPN Radio. Dante, if you're a Cowboys fan, yeah. that did feel like hell, didn't it? Oh, no, I'm not a Cowboys fan. Believe me, I'm a 49ers fan. <laughs> oh, so you just called to rub it in. No, I just called because I'm sick of the excuses that they give Dallas and Dak and Jerry Jones every single year. We hear the same thing. This is their year. They get this piece. This is going to be their year. And they underachieve every single year. Every year it's the same thing. They get knocked out. And it's just like, when are y'all going to stop with the excuses? Stop. I mean, I'm not even a hater. If he's good, he's good. To me, I think he's a top 15, 
quarterback between 11 and 15, and that's it. Well, here's the thing, Dante, and I'm glad you brought up where you would rank Dak Prescott because coming into this season, remember, our very own Jeremy Fowler did the anonymous survey with executives and scouts around the National Football League about who the top 10 players were at every position group, including quarterback. And that survey had Dak Prescott as a top 10 quarterback. Did he look like a top 10 quarterback yesterday? No. Has he looked like a top 10 quarterback for the majority of this season? No. So, Carlin, I think we have to resign ourselves to the fact that Dak is not a top 10 player at the position. And if that's the case, are you overpaying for him? I think the answer to that would be yes. Is he overrated? I think the answer to that is yes as well. Well, the owner had all the faith in him. Well, I thought uh, this team uh, uh, with uh, 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 Dak at quarterback, uh, I thought we had a chance to uh, get to and compete at the top level in this, in this tournament. I really did. Yeah. Listen, I hate to call a guy overpaid, Carlin, because I want all of these guys to get all of their money. We know how dangerous a game football is. But, but Carlin, you're not pos- you're not getting the return on the investment. No, especially you're just at that not. Position. So if you can't get rid of Dak, and he's going to continue to play like this, if Mike McCarthy is your head coach and Kellen Moore is your OC, then you're not going to get where you want to go. So if Dak is going to remain the constant, which he's in line to then something else has got to change. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. If we're going to get on deck, there's another quarterback who deserves it too. He gets it next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Listen, if we're going to get on deck, Josh Allen deserves the same smoke. Oh, no question. Josh Allen is not getting it done. He is coming up small for Buffalo. Chris... That was supposed to be the kind of weather for which they drafted Josh Allen. Uh, I was up there last year in week 18 in very similar weather, windy, cold, wet. He's throwing darts all over the place, and we're watching him yesterday, and this is a guy that turns the football over too much. I don't know how. I don't know how with his skill set, even with the slippery terrain, I don't know how he only ends up with 26 yards rushing, but the bottom line is Josh Allen was thoroughly outplayed, and there was not a moment in that game. And you can tell. You can tell. There, there are moments when you feel like a team ha- can come back. There was not a moment in that game where I felt like the Buffalo Bills 
were coming back, and that began at 14 nothing. Yeah, the Bengals were like a hot knife through butter with the Buffalo Bills defense, especially the offensive side of the ball with Joe Burrow. And a lot of was made about this offensive line, Carlin, being down three starters. Were they going to be able to hold up against the Buffalo Bills front seven? And boy, did they hold up, Carlin. That wasn't holding up. Only only one sack allowed on Joe Burrow. One sack? And they ran the ball for over 170 yards on 34 carries? Carlin, they were the more physical group up front on the offensive side of the ball, and I would argue the defensive front as well. They were the more physical group in that ball game. It begs the question, man, are the Buffalo Bills built for this? Are they built for what we saw yesterday, inclement weathers, outdoor? Can Josh Allen and that crew be able to get on the right side of these games? Because right now the playoff exits are happening earlier and earlier for this team, and we know it's a very specific brand of football that wins when you start talking about January in playoffs. Well, it's a very specific brand. And right now, the Buffalo Bills can't play that brand, and Josh Allen hasn't excelled in these moments. Well, there are two things at work here. Number one is something you've talked about all year. The Bills can't run the ball. They can't. The Bills cannot run the they ball can't. at all. And I don't know if it's Singletary. I don't know if it's uh, James Cook. I don't know if it's the offensive line, which I think has been a very under-focused on portion of their problem. Yeah. That's number two. The guys they brought in and Saffold and Questenberry, guys like that, they did not exactly distinguish themselves and separate themselves uh, for the Bills this year up front. No. That line was a major problem all season long, especially in run blocking, and you cannot win in that weather if you do not run the ball. Yes, Burrow made plays by throwing it, but as you said, they rushed for a buck seventy. They ran it down your throat. They turned it into a Joe Mixon game when they had to, and that was an embarrassment to me for the Bills. No, it was, and it's an indictment on Sean McDermott for all of the high praise that we heap on him because they've seemingly taken control of the AFC East. He still hadn't been able to fix this offensive line. And physicality is a question mark when it comes to his team. It just is, Carlin. Both sides of that's, the ball. That's not the way they're supposed to be constructed. But it's not. But here's the other thing. That's not what wins football games this time of year. No. It's not. Think about it, man. Physicality is what wins. Unless you have a Joe Burrow, unless you have a Pat Mahomes, it's hard to not be a physical team and have success at the highest but, level. But, Chris, even Pat Mahomes, look at how they run the ball. Isaiah Pacheco is a problem. Look at how they run the ball. Teams, even you can even look at the Rams at times last year. Teams in the playoffs who have success traditionally run the ball well. Yes. We get it. It's a passing league. But when it matters the most, you have to be able to run the football, run the clock, and physically dominate another team. And the Buffalo Bills did none of those three things yesterday. And the quarterback is right at the center of it because, yeah, the line's a problem. Yeah, the run game around him's a problem. I'm watching Stephon Diggs sprint out of the building, and he had to be brought back. Yeah. I wonder if if he's looking at the quarterback right now, kind of wondering what's going on there. Because I, I don't know how you don't look sideways at somebody that took such big steps forward and then this year loses his offensive coordinator. Maybe that's Brian Dable. That's a piece of it. That's Maybe that's a piece that's of it. That's a piece of it. And turns the football over seven times in the red zone this year. I mean, it's it's not all specific to yesterday. It's just the whole picture of what's going on. There is no other way to look at this than to say Josh Allen has regressed. 
Yeah, there's no question about it, Colin. And he certainly didn't have his finest moment yesterday, but we have to look at the entire season because he set a career high in turnovers this year. And just looking at the landscape of the conference, Carlin, it's hard not to argue that Josh Allen in all of the turnovers, particularly the turnovers in the red zone, didn't impact what we projected the ceiling for this team to be coming into this season. Coming into this year, they were the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. They were the only team in the NFL returning a top-five offense and a top-five defense. This, of sorts, was a referendum on Josh Allen. Being able to take this team to the next level. The NFL changed the overtime rules because of what we saw in the divisional round in Kansas City last year and Josh Allen not getting a chance to possess the ball. They had it teed up for them, a neutral site conference championship game, if they could take care of their business in the divisional round. And they couldn't get past Joe Burrow. Now, one of the schools of thought with all of this is, if you're able to stack another win, maybe there's a situation where you're the number one seed and not Kansas City. Maybe you're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars instead of the Cincinnati Bengals. Doesn't matter. Now, here's the thing. We can say that doesn't matter, Carlin, but it's all about trying to compete for a championship. And Josh Allen, it seems like he comes up small or he costs you that opportunity. It it seems like he does. but, 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 Carlin, it's going in the wrong direction. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can watch and listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.